0: Um, Okay, cool. So last week was a little bit different. We've been doing a series on worship um, called Made to Worship. Um, Not last week, because last week we went over to the new building and that was awesome. The week before that, Ryan came and spoke on us being made to worship. So we're going to be carrying on with that um, kind of theme there. So (laughs) we've said it multiple times. Tonight is going to be different. That's awesome. Um first time to a city PM gathering. Firstly, welcome, and I hope that you feel welcomed by this community. Um, I know that when I first came, probably four years ago now, um, back in 2020, it was the community that like, kept me around. Like, it's there's something special about coming together, but that's me jumping ahead of myself. So, tonight we're jumping back into the series. If you are someone who likes to take notes, then the name of tonight is Made to Worship Together. Um, and also, if you take notes, then you are my people. Um, jumping back to when I first came in 2020. Do you guys remember 2020? It was, um, a, yeah, such like an uneventful year, right? That was a joke. Um, 2020 was ridiculous. One of the big parts of it was that COVID got announced onto the main world stage. Um, and it brought about this thing called lockdown, and during that time, a lot of us were meeting for church online. Um, one of the benefits of being online is that you can kind of do a lot of other stuff in the background. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I was being very, and I've repented of this, but I would, you know, be making dinner in the background whilst, and like eating it whilst on the, um, tuning in for the church service. And, you know, you could... Basically, you know, do anything that you wanted because you weren't with other people. Um, And for those of us who, I'm probably not in this category anymore, for those of us who are a bit more introverted as well, not having to be around a bunch of other people may have been a really nice thing. Um, It kind of takes away some of that stress of, um, you know, having to have those new conversations or like, you know, being equipped to have even those conversations with new people. That can be terrifying. Um yeah and generally it can just be quite overstimulating coming to a Sunday gathering. So the question is why after lockdown happened did we all come back and start meeting together again? Like why go back to the old way of doing things and you know put ourselves in positions that might be a little bit uncomfortable? What are the benefits of putting in that effort? Um We're going to briefly touch on some of those benefits tonight. Um, Yeah, and essentially look at what the beauty of gathering is for our worship of God. So, um, yeah, I guess as a prerequisite as well, as we're discussing all of this, remember one of the main points of Ryan's sermon, which was so lovely done and had stars in it, and I love stars, so that's great. Um, One of the pieces from that message, though, was that when we worship, what that means is that we are bowing down in reverence to some something or someone who we perceive as greater than ourselves. The biblical authors call this bowing down before an authority. Um, and they would quite literally physically bow down because you do that when you're in the presence of something that is greater than yourself. Yeah, it's kind of just the thing that we do. Um, Ryan had a great point of like we are made to worship. We do it in everything, even if we're not intending to we will worship something so um, let's start at the beginning which is the beautiful book of Genesis for us Um, we read that Yahweh our God is three in one not directly there you can see that God is like talking to others when he's creating humankind he says let us make them in our image That's a whole rabbit hole, which I'm not going to go down. Um, But we can get from the very beginning that God is not an isolated being. He is, within himself, community. Like, there is something powerful and generative about God that he wants to just multiply love, multiply these things, share it with others, being generous. Like, our God is so much more generous than we could ever fathom. And... Within that, we are made in God's image. So we can kind of make that logical leap that God being so built up with community and that being so important to him, we're made in his image. We are communal beings. We are social beings. We need to be in community. Yeah, you could say that we're even purpose of community as well. Now this one's dropping out too. You can see this very directly in Jesus' great commission when he sends his disciples out to go make disciples of all nations. You can't go out and make disciples if you're not actually interacting with people. It's very difficult. I'd be very impressed, and please show me how if you have a way. Um, Going around and being around other people and not being in isolation is core, I believe, core to what God has made us to be. So, um, we're going to read some scripture together, because that's a solid foundation to start in. Um, If you have your Bible, um, or your phone, or anything like that, we'll also have it up on the screen, so don't worry. Um, But it's also on page 926. 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. It's a pretty cool psalm. I like it a lot. Um, so, looking at that passage, it's so important to notice, and I made a very big point of emphasizing how many communal terms are used there. So the lyricist, so um, likely David, at least according to the author in Hebrews, which is Hebrews 4, seven, if you want to check it out. Um, David isn't speaking about retreating to a quiet place to worship God. He's talking very intentionally about communal worship. Um, language that gets used, let us sing for joy. Let us shout aloud. Let us come before him. Let us come and bow down in worship. uh, Let us kneel before Yahweh. For he is our God. We are his people. God's people to lift up his name together. To recognize God as the God of all creation. So we're not recognizing him as my God or my personal God, but our God. Um, When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, you see that he says, our Father who is in heaven. There is something about community that is so core to what it means to follow Jesus. So, um, another quick place um, in the Hebrew Scriptures that we can get a good sense of this is in Exodus chapter 15, which I'm not going to read the entire thing because the microphone won't let me, Um, we see that God's people, the Israelites, are reunited in faith through their corporate gathering and their worship through song. So in um, chapter 14, just before, they've just fled Egypt. They come up to the Reed Sea, and then they're trapped between the sea and the Egyptian army who's pursuing them. And this is a, like, migrant people who have never had their own land, never, like, they've many of them have just all of them have grown up in slavery in Egypt and they're terrified and they turn on Moses and ultimately they turn on God they accuse Moses and God of leading them to their death when they could have just stayed back in slavery in Egypt and even after everything God's done for them um, which you know if you haven't read Exodus definitely read that amazing stuff Even after all of that, there's this new threat, and they no longer trust God to deliver them from this new threat. So just think about that. We can know so much about God, and still we're terrified. Um, Despite their fear and distrust, God did save them out of their hopelessness, though, through this miraculous moment um, where he parts the Red Sea that they're trapped up against. Also amazing, the thing you're trapped up against, God parts it, and that is your salvation, that's amazing. So the passage says that God did this so that his glory was revealed to all nations through the demise of the Egyptian army. The Egyptian army was the world superpower at that point. And in response to this incredible demonstration of God's power, the Israelites, they put their trust back in God. It's an active thing where they put their trust back in him. Instead of fearing the situation, they choose to fear God instead. So, pretty much they respond to what God did for them, how he protected them and rescued them out of their moment of hopelessness, and they worship him together. It's this thing that God does that leads them to worship him. Fast forward a few thousand years to the events in Acts 2, and we see the early church um, growing quite quickly after Jesus' resurrection. So, they dedicated themselves to um, the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All of the believers were together. I'm kind of jumping through verses 42 to 46 here just to show how communal they were. Every day they continued to meet together. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. Sorry, I'm being horrible to the candy on words. Thank you. Um, But this is the pattern that we see consistently throughout the Bible. God's people gather And they unite they come together they don't disperse by choice um even when jesus sends out the 72 or the 70 messengers depending on the gospel that you're reading like when he sends them out he sends them out in pairs like there is we are always together especially when we're doing god's mission yeah That's also a really awesome part as well. It is that mission. It's always about bringing more people into the family. So even when we do go out in smaller groups, it's always about bringing more people. God is so about gathering together. So um, why gather together? Here's another part. Um, I guess these are some of the benefits we can talk about gathering. Um, Because, yeah, I guess if God is omnipresent, if he is everywhere all at once, and if the Holy Spirit is always with us, why can't I just continue my faith journey on my own? Like, why, why do I need other people around me? Why can't the Spirit just guide me? <laughs> and there are so many reasons why. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to cover them all, but we're going to have a look at a couple. So I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just two points. So firstly, if you are taking notes, here's the first one. Um, it's only within community that we receive the full transforming power of a life lived in worship. So we see God's church often referred to as the body of Christ. So not everyone is a hand, not everyone's a foot. Um, These different things like, you know, what is your individual difference that makes you different from the person next to you? Um, yeah, we are very different people, guys, <laughs> and that's awesome <laughs> because I don't have everything Tyne doesn't have everything, Lucky doesn't have everything, but together we can do so much more than we can individually because we meet each other's weak points. Some people have strengths in different things, yeah, and that's, I mean, that in itself is a reason to praise God, that he brings us into community so that we are not doing it alone. <laughs> because that would be terrifying um, in a totally different way. So, in Scripture, we get the image of God's people serving different purposes and taking on different roles within the church and also as they're just in their daily life. I've noticed that a really big emphasis um, in our church here at Divergent is the five-fold ministry as we talk about it, um, where Paul is describing it in Ephesians. Um, I was going to be like, someone list them out, but uh, we've done that so many times. So we're not going to do that. So these are a great example um, of how we are different and that we will just have different roles. We'll also have very different responsibilities, um, very different ways that we do life and how we build God's kingdom. Each of us is not the full representation of Jesus and praise God for God's wisdom in doing that (laughs) because it would be very lonely. Each and every one of us is lacking in different areas. Um, I can sing all right and encourage people pretty well, but don't ask me about politics or networking, because it's just not where I naturally lean. Um, exactly. Like ask Dan, ask Darcy, Pete. Like the like. There's so many people around us who are equipped much more effectively for engaging in those areas. And that's the whole point Um, it's within community that the fullness of the church and the fullness of Christ is made known to everyone Um, so yeah I guess that's the point so the church is incomplete when we are separated we must gather, gather to see God's body on earth like Jesus's hands and feet here we must gather for that to actually take form so the more diversity we have among us the greater the diversity of the church The greater the power of corporate worship because worship is our communal bowing down to God. So point one is that gathering is the only way Jesus's body on earth can function and that's a very compelling reason in and of itself Um, but I have a second point as well. So we find a renewal of our mind body and spirit when we come together. It's a big claim. I will back it up, I promise. The act of singing together and lifting God's name and song together is very powerful. The act... um, Actually, I will jump. So I could um, go on quite a bit of all the numerous psychological studies that have backed all this up. Um, Also of the benefits of corporate worship. But I'm only going to highlight one of the studies, which was published in 2015. So pretty recently. Um, this study in the Netherlands showed there's a connection between singing together and the strengthening of your group identity and your sense of belonging to that group. So those are some big words, pretty jargony, but feeling that you belong to your group has a powerful effect on your life. It actually even equates to um like physical health outcomes. So there was another massive review in 2010 that even showed people with a stronger sense of belonging had a much longer lifespan. Um, here, so a person's strength of social connection, so just how close you feel to the people around you, was an even better predictor of how long they were going to live than if they were a smoker or not. Like, just let that sink in for a second. How close you are with people can predict how long you will live better than if you smoke or not. I also have the study if anyone wants to fact check me. Um, So the emphasis here though, lies on choosing to be part of the group that you're engaging with. So it is choosing to engage in the group's unified activity. Um, The Netherlands study that I mentioned first was people singing in unison versus them singing alone. And when you sing in unison with people and you choose to engage, not because anyone's forcing you to do it, but you choose to engage in that, you will reap the benefits. And the same – actually, no, it, it's amazing. Even if you are not choosing to, you will reap some of the benefits, but it's so much better if you do. So engage, guys. It's 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 so worth it. Um, but, yeah, I guess that works true too. Like choosing to accept God's invitation to come into his family – and choosing to lift his name among other believers? That's the point. Oh yeah, true, and that was also two studies, not one, as I promised, so I'll take my psychology hat off. Um, Okay, so we're going to read from Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, and I'm hoping that I have the same translation here, but if I don't, have grace. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We can hear this passage as a command to not forsake gathering. And sometimes that's like the emphasis that gets put on this. Um, But I guess that sort of misses the point of why gathering is so good. It's not about the gathering together alone that's important. It's what occurs when we gather as God's church. Spurring one another on towards love, encouraging one another. When we gather, we get the opportunity to choose to be part of God's family and act like a family member. So point two, again, if you're taking notes, is that when we gather, that's when we get to be part of God's family and part of His church. It's that diversity and like, sometimes even the uncomfortability with other people that shapes us into God's people. Yeah, it's our commitment as well, and mostly it's God's Holy Spirit that allows us to get over ourselves sometimes. We're not called to do this walk alone. We are given the gift of community to refresh our daily walk, to find encouragement, to be uplifted, and to grow as a gathering of people. We're made to worship and to do so together. We're not simply encouraged to worship and gather for our own sake, but that for the sake of our community in every nation. We come together not only for ourselves, but for each other. So, coming back to that first definition of worship that Ryan laid out beautifully two weeks ago. If worship is to show honor and to bow down before an authority, whenever we obey God, that itself is worship. Jesus calls us to gather to be his body on earth. He calls us to work together, to lift his name above everything else, and praise him as one unified people. So this is through encouraging each other, this is through lifting up our voices, singing together, feeling connected to each other, and then like doing things out of that feeling of connection, being the light to the nations as we follow his great commission. So we're going to do something beautiful here which is a corporate action that we all engage in that we call communion. So I'm going to invite Tyne up to lead us into that space. Then I'll say one more thing and we'll continue on. Yeah, it's so good. God is so, so good, so graceful, so full of love for us. It's amazing. And that it's that mercy and that love that leads us to repentance. Like it's God reaching out to us. That is the thing that leads us to go. Yeah, I will mm-hmm. respond to that God because you are good. So in all of that, we're going to um, if I can invite you all to stand up again. Um, Yeah, we're going to sing that song, Praise, again, like just the uh, verse 2 onwards. And I kind of want to highlight some of the lyrics in this song. So it reminds us that praising God isn't something we do just when we feel like it. It's something that God deserves because of who He is and what He has done for us. It's not something we do just because we feel like it. I'm just going to say that again, because sometimes we really need to hear it many times. He is amazing. He is breathtaking. He doesn't change depending on our situation. When we worship Him and when we're feeling good, when we're feeling bad, we can still praise Him. We can still worship Him. And when we are declaring who He is, that will lead us out of the place we are in emotionally. Like, just because when you're saying stuff, it will help you get out of that funk sometimes. Sometimes you feel really just low and you need people around you as well, and that's the community aspect. So... We praise Him in the high and lows. There's the line, the valleys and the mountaintops, which is the opposite of that. Because praise is something that transforms us. It's something that elevates Him above our worries and our sorrows. It's something that unites us together. So as we sing this, think about those things. It's God that we're praising. So we're going to sing this song, and then Kevin has some fun stuff for us coming up.
1: um anyone else's first time here tonight sweet it's my second time <laughs> um great to be with you guys my name's kevin if i haven't met you thanks pete if i just pull that around um that's good um i'm actually we're visiting my beth my wife and i were visiting from our north church um, it's awesome to be with you we plan a north church from our city pm church way back in probably five years ago which is exciting um but I love that, hey, the, the, the way that we gather to worship, um, the heart that we're equipping, um, have a bit of fun as well. We, we've just been at City South. Um, I believe that God has designed us and created us to worship with our body, our soul, and our spirit. And Pete kind of touched on that. And so today I've actually got some fun things we're going to try together in body, soul, and you guessed it, in the spirit. We've got a few more songs we've got lined up. Um, but I just want to talk about uh, how we're made and how we're made to worship with our bodies. Um, what was uh, your name again? Sophie. Sophie. I just met Sophie before. She told me she's a dancer. I've got a, a, a background in dancing as well and hip-hop and all that competition stuff. It's a lot of fun. But if you're not a dancer and you come to church, and you're like, wow, these people are really excited. Or if you come from an African church, right, and you're like, wow, I love the like their excitement. Um, I think it's so contagious, Kenny. I'm like... Kenny, we should get you on our team so you can show us some dance moves and praise. <laughs> or maybe you're like, come from a more conservative background, and you're like, oh, you know, you just sit with your hands here and you, you know, wow, this is cool, these people are singing songs. But I challenge the notion, I believe God has created us for more. Um, high five the person next to you and say, you're made to worship, body, <laughs> and body, yes, with your body, high five, yes, come on, all right? high five. What does it tell you? You're awesome. There's a connection. And it makes a cool sound. Um, that's one cool way. When um, I remember the first time, I did not grow up in the church, right? And um, I actually grew up in a Buddhist home with a, you know, somewhat Catholic background. And I, I, I grew up going to the temple actually every single Sunday. Um, one, because it was awesome Thai food. Um, and two, it was just a cultural thing. And, and we'd rock up, Um, And the first thing we'd do, we'd come and there'd be these monks actually kind of on the stage, maybe five to to ten, depending where you go. And everyone would actually just kneel on the ground and sit. So I want to invite you, if you can, kneel with me. Yeah. Physically, right? I know some, you're like, oh, my legs, my knees. Oh, I'm getting there too, guys. Um, But we'd kneel. And even when we pray and stuff, like, um, we would pray in this um, like Buddhist um, chanting kind of thing, and, and we'd pray in unison. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I said, Mom, what are they saying? She's like, it's their it's, it's own language, actually. It's a pre-script. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Now, coming to a Christian, I'm like, wow. You know, if God really hears our hearts, it doesn't matter actually what language. There's this almost deepest connection that he understands even beyond language. But anyway, we would kneel. And uh, I think there's a powerful thing about kneeling, Right. In Scripture, we, there's a lot of talk about we kneel before before the throne. We kneel before God, and there's almost this position that we take. We take this position of, like, we are lower, and God is higher. And so I think there's a beauty, you know. It talks about in Revelation, the book of Revelation, there's some crazy whack things if you read it, right? Um, it talks about seven-headed dragons. It talks about, more importantly, when Jesus comes back. And he says that when Jesus comes back... He'll come back in the, in the clouds with his army of horses, his white horses. And when he comes down, when he returns, every knee will bow to the Lord, the King of Kings, and that's Jesus. And there's almost this submission, right? It's this position of, this is where I am, and this is where God is, and he's amazing. It's I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, you know, maybe Katie and, and, and maybe you guys can actually like, you know, oh, if you guys illustrate that, that'd be unreal. But there's a power to kneeling and submission, and we can worship when we come together in this way. It's a positional thing, right? Um, that's one way. Stand up with me. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, when the when I first got connected to you know Christian community, I, I was like I had a lot of questions, right? I was a new believer. I had never read the Bible my own will. Um, and as I started to grow as a new believer, I was like, why do they do this? Why do people clap their hands in church? You know, why do people lift their hands and go like, you know, Jesus, we love you. We praise you. All these questions. Why do some people kneel? These were the questions. It's a submission thing. I, um, I talk about why do some people clap? And I think there's a beautiful thing when you make a sound together, even in rhythm. It's why we also try to have, you know, a cajon. Because <laughs> cajon guys help us clap in rhythm, Right? especially if you're not musically trained or have never done a clapping class. Um, thank you, Jacob. You help us a lot. <laughs> right? <laughs> clapping, yeah, you celebrate. You, you clap in unison. And it binds, like we are saying, this unity of us together as a church. So that's why we clap. We usually pick two faster songs at the start, um, so it's easy to follow and people can engage in different ways rather than just saying like, Hey, bro. We're here for church. Like, it should be, we should be getting excited for this. And When we gather to sing, this is why we clap. Now, why do we raise our hands in worship? This is another cool thing. Like, I remember standing behind um, Will, if you know him, and, 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 and he, he was a real inspiration in that sense. I was like, wow, these people are really free. Like, they don't give us stuff what the person next to them doing. They're just free in worship. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And there was something that inside of me that went, like, this is so sweet. And so I think about raising your hands, right? As a high school teacher, some people raise their hands because they have a question. But when we raise our hands, it's different. When we raise our hands, we simply lift things higher. We're lifting God above us. And sometimes it's even a sign of surrender. We go, you know, in war. (laughs) I'm done, don't you? Yeah. It's a sign of surrender in in a weird way. And so when we actually lift our hands in worship, we go, God... We surrender to you, we surrender to your plan, your purpose. I don't surrender to my flesh. I don't just want to live by my fleshly desires. I want to live for you for you and your purpose and your plan for my life. And when we sing some songs, that's maybe a place you can get to. Um and I also there's this one. What does this mean? You <laughs> could be a high five, true, Dylan. Could also be, you know, can I can I have something or money? Whatever. It's a receiving posture. And you might see people that stand like this. <laughs> what this God, I, want more. God, I want more of you. And I think there's a beautiful thing when we align the physical to the spiritual of what's going on inside. Make sense? Yeah. So you might see, you know, if, if you get to a place and you, you know, sometimes it helps to close your eyes because it's distracting at times. <laughs> and you just go, God, I just want more of you. So that's another reason why we can also open our hands. So in a summary, um, we're going to actually demonstrate and practically do this um, with some dance moves. Uh, We're going to play a song called My Lighthouse and I'm going to teach you the dance moves and then we're going to sing it and then do the dance in the chorus. Does everyone know what a chorus is? If you don't know, it's the song that you sing the most. Um, So it goes like this. You guys ready? Uh, My second point today is that we were made to worship with our soul. Now, um, I forgot to mention in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says that God has created us in body, soul, and spirit. So when He's made us, He's made us to engage physically, you know, to express in the physical. He's made us to also, um, I guess, express worship with our soul. Um, I want to show you guys a quick video. And this is um, the Rugby World Cup in 2016. Um, anyone you follow the rugby? Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, the Fijians, man, these guys, it was an awesome h- thing here. They, they won, and they, um, just bound together, and they just poured their soul out and sung a hymn to God, and I just want to show this as a great expression and example, so, when you're ready, Kendi and Naomi, go for it. You want to get that volume up, eh? It might be on mute. Oh, it is on mute. Yeah, classic. medalists in the women's. There we go. Fiji are the gold medalists in the men's. A stunning day at Deodoro Stadium and an historic day for Fiji in Olympic Games competition. Good, You know, Some of their expressions, hey, just so free, and maybe the other guy that's just standing in the daylight, like, yeah, I'm with my crew, but I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but I lo- one of the things that I love about that right, is um, they're pouring their soul out. They celebrate when there's so- when you know when there's something going on inside, you can't help but share that. I grew up with um, you know a-, a lot of amazing R&B artists, and, and when I came to ch- actually became a Christian and listened to church music, I was like, oh where's the cool music, like, <laughs> it was just different, it was different, but, you know, my, the artist that I love was Alicia Keys, Usher, and, like, all these guys who, you know, rhythm and blues, they, they sing with their soul, it's soul music, really, but there's something beautiful, I think, about that, because when they sing, it's almost like you can hear and feel and even taste, <laughs> um, you know, the stories that they tell, or the heartbrokenness, or even the love that, you know, that, that somebody has for someone else, Um. I think, you know, when we, when we worship with our soul, we can sing the highs and celebrate. But we can also find that we get into places where we might be down in the dumps. Anxiety, depression, you know, stress can even weigh us down. And maybe our soul, you know, maybe you don't even know why, like you feel down. Anyone been there? I know I definitely do sometimes. But I believe that if God has created us to worship with our soul, there's this dynamic where something in us can be sharing this. Um, and I actually believe that God actually helps us. He can actually, we can use the physical our bodies to redirect even our soul. Now, King David, as we looked at example in the Psalms, he says this in, in Psalm 42, um, and he kind of shares this, one of his most depressive states in, in the Psalm, in one of the songs. He says this in Psalm 42, verse 10 to 11. And I don't know if we've got it up, but just have a listen to his agony. My bones suffer, mortal agony is my foes, they taunt me saying all day long, where is your God? He's probably getting taunted, you know, like, God has left you or something like that. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. He starts talking to his soul like, man, why inside? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So it's interesting we know, right? David, he, he recognizes that people are taunting him. He feels downcast and he's like, my soul, why? But what does he do next? He actually starts casting and, and directing, speaking to his soul. It's weird. You know, you're normally we're speaking out to, you, to each other. But then I reckon he goes like, come on, soul. <laughs> but what does he do? He says, I will praise God. Put your hope in God for I will praise you, my Savior, my God. And there's this beautiful dynamic. I don't know about you, but you know, when you had a, a crap day and you're like, ugh, Beth, I come home, I'm like, how's your day? Oh, terrible. Sometimes, you know, we might feel that for church. We come, we've had a crazy day, and when we gather, oh now I can sing again. I believe there's times that we actually need to speak to our soul and go, come on, we need to be reminded of God and who He is. Amen. When we speak to the soul, even our physical can even be affected by that. Sometimes we just need to go, God, I surrender. I'm feeling this way, like King David. But God, I'm just going to surrender this to You. Help me come back to that place where I'm flourishing. So the next song that we're going to sing is is called "Behold," and in this song, it really, like, if you sing, if you know it, man, it takes from the soul to to direct it to who God is and His beauty. And um, I just want to invite you to sing this with us in a way to go, God, wherever I'm at. Maybe you have had a crap day. (laughs) Um, We've had a big day, but, you know, there's so much joy. But right now we're here. I encourage us. Let's direct our soul in this time of worship. So wherever you feel you need to be, if you want to stand, if you want to even kneel, this is our opportunity as we sing this next song. We've got one more part to journey. And you guys have been doing so well. I love that you guys have joined me—a bit of dance, a bit of you know singing as well. But the last part is that we were made to worship in the spirit. God has created us in body, soul, and spirit. And when we align our spirit to the Holy Spirit, I tell you what, hey, things get crazy. <laughs> Who's experienced a bit of that? You know, uh, I've I've had moments where I've just been so full of the Holy Spirit, from my fingers all the way to my whole body, just fully immersed. And I've been on the floor crying like a 20-year-old baby. Man, tears of joy though. I've always had tears of conviction, tears where the Holy Spirit said something in my life and I'm like, Kev, you need to give this up. Mm. This this darkness that you're holding on to, whether it be, you know, relationships or just things, I haven't even told anyone when the Holy Spirit speaks. I'll tell you what. This is the purification, right? Like, um, So we were made to worship in the Spirit. And uh, I, I just want to share uh, the first time that I walked into um, a church uh, as a non-believer. This was the day before I gave my life to Jesus. I was in America. I was in Kansas City. You guys went there recently, didn't you, Dan and Jen? No, close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's a weird place. <laughs> it was on my second year of uni, and I was like, um, you know, I just literally went to go party, really. Seven months, (laughs) and um, I I I hit rock bottom. I was like, there's got to be more to life than just six nights of partying and, and, you know, just the pleasures of life. And and my best friend, actually, who's, um, you know, still today was a believer, and he was in Kansas, out of all places, man. I met him here in Canberra, and he's there at a Bible college. And he saw me, uh, and he preached the gospel to me in that place of my lowest. And that was the day where I said, dude, I've got nowhere to stay and God was closing doors, and I had to go with Him to this church, and I'd rather be at the nightclubs, actually, that night. I did everything I could, but anyways, I was at this church, and there were 3,000 people at this conference, 3,000 people. I did not want to be there, and it was incredible though. I walked in the door, and I saw the guy who was leading worship. He was, he was, man, he was pouring his heart out leading the congregation on his piano, and, and I remember walking in there, You know, as a non-believer, I I always believed there were spirits and stuff. And like, you know, but there was just, I got goosebumps, man. I walked in, I was like, wow, something different about this guy. This isn't just a concert. (laughs) Because we're not, you know, church, we're not all about concerts. We're about worshiping the Lord. And this guy just poured his heart out as as where the Holy Spirit went. And I even tangibly felt it. Those goosebumps, I was like, man, there's something different about this guy and and how he's singing. And where is, who he's singing to and I look back and I went, wow, that was the Holy Spirit drawing me. And that was the Holy Spirit working through this guy and his life. And so when we come together, you know, I think there's a beauty in being free. We, we come and we sing these songs and we actually, beyond the songs, go, God, what are you trying to speak to me in today? Maybe you've come in, you're like, you know, I just want to bury the, the, the hard parts of me and I'm here. I want to worship. And maybe God says, you know, Kev, you've got to address this first. And maybe something comes up in a song. That's the Holy Spirit that what talks to us, that reminds us, and uh, that can even encourage us. When we're low, His role is to comfort us, right? Scripture is pretty clear about that. When we're high, He helps us celebrate, He teaches us when we're reading the Word. And even when we come together and sing, He can even convict us. That's another part of His role. And so maybe there's parts of songs that you go, wow, you know, I haven't been doing that as much. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you need to do this more, <laughs> Pray for someone, read your Bible, or whatever it is. And so that's kind of the formal part, right? Um, we were created to worship. We were made to worship in our body, our soul, and our spirit.